I guess we just start. I guess. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Hamsteak Podcast. Where we read Homestuck and tell you about it. My name's Lydia, and I have read Homestuck before. My name's Alex, and I super haven't. <laughs> um, so this week is a live episode. I, is that a high five? Yeah, we're doing it to prove. Nice. Because that could not never be replicated digitally. Oh, yeah. It's, that was, in fact, neither of us clapping separately on a Skype call, <laughs> I promise you. We are literally on, like, a futon in Halifax somewhere. Man. Yeah. Real human beings. So. Human beings in a mob. What's a mob to a home stuck? No. <laughs> <laughs> What's a mob to a ham? Maybe could have been, like, okay, but, like. It's ham to a. Stuck? Steak? Oh god, wait. What is a ham to a steak? I don't know, but I just snorted. I'm like... <laughs> I need a... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's gross, people. I was gonna try to not edit this one. <laughs> like, pr- like, preserve the, the moment. The authenticity. You could leave that in. That's not too disgusting. Okay. Alright. Use, use your editorial discretion. Alright. Um. So this week... This week we're reading pages 3402 to 3507? Yes. Oh my god, I crush it. I didn't even look, you guys. I just knew. Um, Probably because I read it this morning. Um, (laughs) And uh, in which a bunch of stuff happens. This is a really dense one. It is. Um, Yeah, this might go pretty long, but it's like a deluxe live episode, so it's all good. Mm -hmm. So I guess, like, with that, I guess we'll just, like get going, right? Well, I guess first we should say, like, how was your trip? Like, how was your flight? What What's the, like, itinerary here? What's the itinerary? Oh, so, so I... What? Oh, go ahead. I, um... I got in... Uh... It's a quick flight from where I live normally. Um... Yeah, um, so actually, I was on the bus to get to oh, the God. airport longer than she was on the plane to get to the airport. It's true. The flight was only, like, just shy of an hour. And like, I was on the bus for an hour and a half. God. Because there was, like, a detour. Um, but then we took a cab back, so it was a lot shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, the most expensive cab ride I have ever taken by a mile. Yeah, um, if you ever are ever flying into Halifax, make sure to have, like, transportation yeah. set up, because it's a costly fare. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I did get in. We did manage to get back, um, somehow to the city. Uh, and... That was, like, late at night, so I pretty much just fell asleep. And then this morning, Alex took me... Well, this morning we we were we able to... We were... We did a video call with our longtime internet friend, Sai, who I guess we just want to give a shout-out to. Shout-out, Sai. Ah. Yay. Um, should we give her screen name or no? Okay. No. If you know Sai, you love Sai, and if you don't, then... Sorry. We hope you'll discover her someday, but you'll have to come to her in your own time. Um, and then we uh, explored Halifax a bit. Yeah, then we I saw a harbor, which is not a bay, but a harbor. And apparently if you call it a bay, they get real mad. Apparently. It's a different thing than a bay. It's a harbor. Uh, it's, a, what, the largest, second largest? Second largest. After Sydney. Natural harbor. We, I was trying to, like, give Lydia some t- Lydia some tidia. Lydia some... <laughs> Some trivia. That's great. I'm sorry. Um, Lydia, I was trying to give Lydia some trivia in the uh, tech cab, and I was like, oh, it's like, I think it's the largest, uh, it was like, this is the Bay year, and mm. the cab, who hadn't said anything up to this point, basically, was like, it's a harbor, not a bay. And I was like, oh yeah, sorry, you're right. It's like the largest 
Natural Bay, right? Or Natural Harbor, right? He's mm-hmm. like second largest after Sydney. Oh man, that guy was trying so hard not to be disgruntled, but he super was. He super was. Oh, that's rough. Um, but yeah, I did, I did manage not to gruntle the, the car driver, the cab driver too bad. Yeah, I did that on my own. <laughs> so we gruntled the guy, then we, um, then we did a video chat, which was super cool. It's always cool to, like, talk to someone in a new modality when you've, like, only known them via, like, a textual platform. That's so meta. Y- y- yes? How so? Because that's, like, what happened in Homestuck. That's... Well, okay, so, like, it is... Oh, it never happens But not re... They never it... meet. They only... They cross paths and just barely miss each other. All right, so... <laughs> uh, in Homestuck. Oh, God. That actually is a really emotional thing. And I can't say anything. Sigh. Sigh. Be here for me. Um... Well, this podcast isn't just for Sai. No, I know, but, like, no, I, I just, because uh, she has been reading, and so, like, the person that we were talking to before, she's been reading it, and um, has been, like, talking to me about, like, stuff that happens after where we've been reading, and I still haven't, I'm still not caught up, but it's cool to be able to talk about stuff that happens in the story after this point. Yeah, because I'm, like, like, I'm off limits for, like, spoiler discussion. Yeah, so, it's it's been cool. Um, but, yeah, so, what do we do? We saw the harbor. We... Went to the farmer's market, went went and farmed some markets, scones some scones, scones, some scones. She had poutine. I did have poutine. You guys, poutine's super good. It, like, I would only want it, like, once every, like, month or two, but, like, man. I have it, like, once a year. Yeah, it's, like, some serious food. Like, it's not messing around. It's, like, a brick of sustenance, but, like, <laughs> damn, it's some good sustenance. Um, they had veggie poutine, like... Yeah, that was that, pretty chill. You know, veggie gravy. That's all you need. Like, yeah. I don't know. That was nice. Yeah. Um, what else did we do? We got some cheapo gelato that was really good. Mm-hmm. We got some local beer that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, we poked around the Halifax Library, like the new one, which is really pretty. If you're ever in the city, go see it. It's nice. You could, like, just sit and, like, poke at their comic shelves all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, maybe not all day, but for a very fruitful hour or two. Um, and then we pretty much came back here, and now we're recording. So there you are, and here we are. And here we are. Hello. Um, so, this week in Homestuck. So this week in Homestuck. We begin with, uh, the exile town, boys and girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, above WV, who's looking up at the sky, there appears, uh, Egg. <laughs> with the sound effect egg. Yeah. So and there's the, just there's just an enormous So the egg lands with a solid egg instead of thud. Yes. Um yeah. So yeah. And then immediately so there's a lot of this in this reading in particular, I feel like there's a lot of like the gag of like he'll make some kind of a joke and then he'll do the same joke in like the next panel in a very different way and like that comes up a couple times. So like right. so like a huge eggy looking thing descends out of the sky and then like that's the narration and then the next page is Jade gives Dave a punch card of an eggy looking thing mm-hmm. and uh that's the joke get it because eggs and Dave and we also just saw an eggy yeah um so then uh then Dave, Dave gets super dragged <laughs> He gets wrecked. What happens? I don't know. I don't remember exactly what happens, but <laughs> listen oh. to the Homestuck podcast where we tell you about what happens. Um, it, 
it's this is a lot of this was like jokes and like interpersonal interactions that are kind of hard to convey but yeah there's a lot of like nice um character kind of just dialogue in this reading yeah yeah do you kind of see what i mean about like how like well developed like these characters like for sure i don't know um but then so so dave um makes this egg with the uh the, uh, the equipment, yeah. yeah all the... the stuff. There's gonna be, like, there's a whole bunch of, like, more equipment talk. Like, all, the, like, the machines that you make with Grist, and, like, you use Grist to make more things. Mm. Um, in this reading, a whole bunch of, like, upgrades happen. It really is boring, honestly. Mm. Like, basically, they can uh, synthesize things. Yeah, they basically figure out that you can build stuff onto other stuff. They make, like, a, a one-stop shopping alchemy machine. But that doesn't happen until the end. But we'll probably kind of hand wave over that, because, like, honestly, I just don't... I don't give a... It doesn't seem like it matters that much. Yeah, it's not plot-relevant at all, and I don't give a care. It's... I mean, it's not even, like, interesting from a game mechanic perspective. Yeah! Because it's, like, not a game mechanic. Yeah! It's, like, it's, it's just, like, this kind of, like, tacked-on way to almost, like justify game mechanics, like, yeah. getting objects without, like, having to find them. Yeah. Like, in a game. Yeah. Um, but there's no real reason for this all to be happening, except that probably, probably like, incites some incidents, like, with the alchemy stuff. Um, well, so one thing is that alchemy is a, an important concept to be very familiar with. Yeah. Because there's some... It becomes plot relevant later on in, like, kind of confusing ways, and you have to understand it. Um, but then it's also, like... It's it's really funny. It's like there's a lot of like alchemy humor right. later on because um, you can you'd be amazed the kinds of like prop humor you can do just yeah making shit. Uh, so, but it, it's still it's definitely like gratuitous setup. Yeah, so that like that part of this reading kind of drags on, but there's other stuff too. Um, such as. Oh, uh, so, okay, you're gonna have to edit out some silences here. Um. Nope. No? Um, that was fine. Um, so, the <sighs> bird sword sprite that Dave has carries this red egg away to make it, to what? hatch it? Did we, so, okay, so we mentioned that Dave's got this kernel sprite. It has flown out of the crux shooter. It's been prototyped with a bird with a sword through its chest, right? That happened last week. Jade dropped something stupid into the kernel. Um, and this week, it, yeah, it saw the, the Cruxite, like, egg, right? Like, like how Rose made a bottle and John made an apple, Dave made this egg, and it's supposed to be, I guess, either he breaks it or it hatches or something, and that's how he enters the medium and, like, avoids the, the meteor impact and everything, except, yeah, his sprite just, like, seizes it and flies up onto the top of this, like, inaccessible, like, structure and builds a nest of, like, shitty puppets and swords. Yeah. And, like cradles the egg. <laughs> um, yeah, and Jay just, like, throws, uh, m the microwave, which is, like, filled with puppets that are flying out. Yeah. <laughs> off, just off the roof. Jade just starts, like, wrecking stuff. Like, Jade is a very, like, chaotic <laughs> server player. Oh, man. Just no regard for the Strider household whatsoever. For sure. Um, then the, I don't know, it was more, like, boring stuff about punch cards and yeah. Grist, and don't, like, worry about um, it. We, we do learn that, um, the more players there are in the chain, like, one server connected to one client, uh -huh. um, the new players who enter get more Grist when they start. It's true. And also, Dave, um, he, 
installs like a grist torrent so that he can just like seed grit like bleach grist from John because mm-hmm. John has like so much. Right, because John is John's not really building anything anymore, but he's, he's still just like, fighting. Yeah, stuff, he's just like so. gathering loot. He's yeah. farming. Yes. <laughs> um, then at some point, there's a cameo appearance of Nancho Party, which is a sweet bro and hella Jeff thing. Okay. Um, then Dave starts installing his client software. So Dave has brought Rose in, and he's installing his his client software so that he can be both a server and a client at the same time mm-hmm. um and he can enter the medium with jade as his server player and uh, he sees rose start to like fight some imps mm-hmm. um <laughs> there's just like really good dialogue between rose and john yeah um there's another arsler which isn't superb but yeah. whatever yeah, it's like, and it's John, like, come on, man, like, he should, yeah, he's, like, he's, he's a good boy. He's a sweet boy, whatever. Um, <sighs> so the flowery text that's been, um, pestering Rose, it tells her that as the seer, which it already established she is, mm-hmm. um, she guides the air, which is what John is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it kind of, like, tells her to tell him what to do. Mm-hmm. Um. They also are figuring out that they're on different planets. Yeah. Because, Which, like, we know as readers, but they're kind of figuring that out. Exactly. Or at least they seem to think they're in different places. They probably don't know that it's different planets. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. The medium's also, like, weird. So, you know, they could be in completely different dimensions. Like, right. who even knows? Uh, then we start getting into... There's a, a ton of troll conversations yeah. in this reading. And, like, God help me, I'm not going to blurt out any, any of their names. But, like, <laughs> just, like, mm. Just bear with me here. No edits. Um. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we actually get to meet some of the trolls properly, basically. Um, so, starting with Gallo's Calibrator. Yes. DC. Yeah, so um, she is um, teal text with, what, uh, fours, ones, and threes, replacing, like, A's, E's, and I's. Yeah, it's it's kind of, like just annoying to read at first, but you kind of just, like, get acclimated to it. You do. You get remarkably used to all of these typing quirks. Especially since, like, there's a lot of text in this reading. Like, there's several, like, paid, like pages-long uh, conversations that each of the trolls have in this reading. Yeah, there's a ton of, of um, there's just a ton of pages, and, like, like, well, they're individual pages, but this pester logs are, like, long, and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing how quickly you get used to their quirks. Yeah, so I think we um, I think we're talking with four different uh, I was going to say imps, four different trolls. Mm-hmm. Um, this reading, so we'll start with the first one to speak, which is Gallo GC Gallo's Calibrator. And I believe this is the first time that we see her, right? Um, I think we met her before. We met her where? I just remember that her typing. Okay. Style. Okay. Yeah, so we've seen her before, but she's, like, really talking now. Yeah. Um, and she she starts off deep weird and kind of dials it back. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she starts right in with... Um, she she says that uh, Rose's text smells good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> Alex honestly wrote the words, makes sense, S-C-E-N-T-S, to me. As a pun, in this document. I'm sorry. That's okay. You're absolved. <laughs> I absolve you. Um, but I think more importantly, uh, for at least 
for the immediate term. Uh, this troll think, uh, tells Rose that she thinks the other trolls have been m being stupid with like, by speaking to the humans in reverse order, like, throughout their timeline, basically. Right. She's like, you know what, I'm gonna start speaking to Rose, like, at the earliest point and continue going forward in time mm -hmm. like some kind of weirdo. Yeah. She's very she's very smart about that. GC is, has has her head screwed on. Re that. Um <laughs> which which Rose appreciates. Rose appreciates. Yeah. Um there's just a lot of really good wordplay. Oh, well, okay. So it's an exposition dump is one thing. She she just it's stuff that we mostly know as readers and especially that like I know as having read it before that I was able mm. to kind of piece together for you guys, but um she just kind of fully explains exiles as such. Yeah, she like she contextualizes a lot of things. She does. Um, she explains that in each instance of the medium, the the players each have a different role, and that isn't predetermined. It's kind of like generated when they enter the medium. Mm -hmm. um, but I think in general there will be a seer and an heir at least. Okay. Um, but I think it's a seer of something and an heir of something, and each of those is different. Okay. I think. Basically. All right. You're basically right. Okay. Um. And then, yeah, there's an entire mythology embedded into the world, like, that is generated based on that, like, title, or that role. Right. Um, and then, so then it's explained the exiles on your dead planet, like, after your reckoning, which we aren't told what a reckoning is yet, but you should be able to infer it. I won't try and explain it to you, but if you think about what's been going on, what we what we talked about with the the meteor map that Rose comes upon in the lab, mm -hmm. and all of the meteor impacts, um, and then the planet is dead at some point, and uh, and uh, and then um, uh, Carib's people get exiled to that planet, and their role is to eventually kind of rebuild its civilization. Yep, with the is, idea that it, that it is seeded again. Right, and we can see that that kind of. That looks like it's what happened uh, in the interlude. Yeah. Event? Interlude? Mm hmm Intermission. Intermission. Yeah. Thank you. Um, with the other uh, world, which is the probably the world that the trolls are from, mm -hmm. um, where you saw a spade slick in the present and also in the distant past as an exile. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the intermission... At the very end of it, he unearthed this old technology, mm -hmm. and the troll says that once this technology is, once a technology is unearthed, mm -hmm. um, the planet is ripe for seeding again. Mm -hmm. And we aren't told quite what seeding means yet. No, but it seems to involve um, the destruction of civilization on the planet and the transportation of some children to the medium. Yep. So... Which, yeah, it's, 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 uh, some pretty deep cosmology there. Yeah. Um, it's, the vibe I'm getting is, um, <laughs> Jupiter ascending. Oh, bigger and weirder. Yeah. But a little bit. It feels a little Jupiter ascending right now, because the pieces are kind of disparate, and yeah. it's like, the bees can sense royalty. <laughs> like, it's, it does seem kind of arbitrary. Right. Um, but yeah, like, this was, a. Hugely helpful info dump. And I'm really grateful that Lydia has been holding my hand so far so that I was able to, like, piece together everything that was going on here. Mm -hmm. And I felt like nothing went over my head. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah, normally you'd just be, like, trawling the wiki um, and getting spoiled like a schmuck, a.k.a. me. <laughs> um, then we have another cool troll conversation 
Um, it's Jade's, we go actually go back into the past. It's Jade's birthday, and uh, Jade is getting trolled by a carcinogeneticist, like the shouty, all caps, gray text guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he tells her that when her dream bot blows up in the future, she needs to contact the trolls. And that is because in her future, she has told him to tell her past to contact them when it, it blows up. Right. It's comic. Yeah, it, oh gosh, it, and that stuff only gets weirder. The kids communicating to themselves via the trolls, like, through time, like, yeah, yeah, man. Oh, oh, I think we forgot to mention with the exiles, another one of their roles is to close paradox loops. Yep. Um, yes. And that's part of, like, them communicating with the people in the medium. Right. Um, and also the seer is able to more lucidly hear the, the, the text that's being input by the exiles. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's the reason why Roses was so flowery. It was, like, more elaborated, maybe? Partly. You'll also find out who her exile is, okay. and there's a reason that has to do with that as well. Sure. Um, so, yeah, so we find out that Jade's robot is going to explode. Then there's another R slur, which is a bummer. Yeah, but at least it's, like... One from a previous conversation that's being repeated, I guess. I guess. Um, Jade starts talking to John, and this is a while ago, so John still has his old handle, which is Ghosty Trickster. And Jade is talking about how she feels weird with the trolls, because, like, normally she has an idea about, like, what's going to happen and what people want, because she dreams on Prospect, and she sees things in the clouds. Um... When it when it eclipses with Skya and she sees she sees in those clouds mm-hmm. images of her future and, but, and of the past, but but the trolls are in a completely different universe, so they're or at least a completely different instance of the medium, I should say. And so uh, I actually don't remember if they're in a different universe, but they're in a different medium. And um, I do remember whether whether or not they're in a different universe, and I can't tell you. Okay, um, um, they're in a different. They're, they're in a different they're, place. They're anyway. outside of her ability to see. They, in, yeah. the, in the medium, or yes. In so she she obviously isn't dreaming about them, so she doesn't know anything. But she says she's she she sounds pretty hostile towards carcinogeneticist when she's talking to him. But then once she's done, she actually says she you know she kind of she finds them funny. Like she doesn't seem to mind them as much. Um, but then John does talk about. Uh, not liking to be pranked so much, and he's just, like, kind of bored with it and sick of it, and so he decides to change his handle. Yes. Uh, then we, we sort of zoom out, I guess, and we see Carcinogeneticist angrily... And is just, like, kind of fuming at his keyboard. And it's the, um, it's the one that we saw at the end of the intermission. Right. The little angry boy. <laughs> he's got gray skin, he's got... Very wild black hair, little nubby horns, kind of looks sharp teeth. Kind of probably intentionally looks like John, in yeah, in like silhouette. Yes, um, but yeah, and he has like little candy corn horns. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you um if you don't know about Homestuck, uh-huh. these these horns are these horns are like literally like striped like candy corn. Like they start orange and then there's a yellow section and then a white section. Mm-hmm. I'm doing them on my... I'm making shapes on my head that only Lydia can see. Um, and each troll seems to have a different size and pattern of horns, but always two? Always two. Always the same color. Okay. 
but different, wildly different size and shape. As we'll see mm-hmm. in this reading. Um, then we get an important panel uh, that I want to point out is important, uh, where Jade, it's treated as this throwaway line, oh, Jade gets a package from her pen pal, and he's made some modifications to this thing, this gift that you're putting together to give to John, and it's ready to send to him. And listen, the deal with this pen pal, I'm still not sure I could explain it to you. <laughs> I have like researched it. I don't, I still don't understand how that happened. So if you're like, if you have read and like DM me personally on Twitter, don't send to Alex, don't send to our group inbox, mm-hmm. but DM me. Don't send it on Twitter because those go to me. Or on Tumblr, because that's going to be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Send stuff to my personal on, like, t- tell me how that works, because I truly don't know, and it's important. Uh, well, it's, it's not so much... In- the mechanics of it, I guess, aren't important, but, like, I just want to figure it out. <sighs> so, yeah. Uh, then we move on to GC again, and she starts trolling John. By just laughing at him. She just laughs. Like, and John is like... Types out, ha, 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 he, he, he. Yeah, and John is just like, ah, and then... He starts, like, replying with laughter, and she's like, how dare you laugh at a blind girl? Yeah. So we learn that she's blind. Um, so yeah. that might be part... So she she's the one who says she could smell uh, the color of text. Yes. So I was thinking that was, like, synesthesia. Yeah. But it it's probably has to do with, like, her display, like, her monitor. Um, yeah. And she also, she calls him, like... Uh, I, I can neither confirm or deny. <laughs> okay. Um, she vows to kill him if they ever meet. She literally... So that's the thing. This exchange is actually... Like, it's genuinely creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Did you find it genuinely creepy? I found, yeah, I found it disturbing. Yeah. And I think part of it, like, I didn't find it at nearly as disturbing when I first read this comic as I do now, having seen, like, real... Online threats. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, how deeply, deeply unsettling that is. She she very she goes from like just laughing at him to just arbitrarily being like, I if I meet you, I swear that I will kill you and I will what does she say? I will listen to your blood as I smell you die. And like yeah. dead logs off. And like she's not fucking around. Like Yeah. On a positive note, I think it's interesting that all her text um all her uh, sensing things are yeah. that she never mentions sight. Like, yeah. um, she says she'll sniff out a planet, I think. Yeah. And, and that's just kind of, that's kind of cool. Like that, that is consistent. Yeah. Yeah. She does not use visual metaphors. Yeah. Although interestingly, we find out later she is the seer of her group. Yeah. Well, we just, I think we already learned that. Okay. Yeah. So she's you um, know, the blind seer, which is a trope and whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I guess, I guess so. But that's kind of like, you know. What? I, I think it's interesting how that's like, being like it's it's very like dedicated to the fact that she cannot see specifically yeah i like that it's not just played for like when it's plot convenient it is something mm-hmm. that's very much a part of her which is at all times yeah something that like i love toff like from avatar mm-hmm. so much um but she does like just because the writers weren't paying attention she mm-hmm. does use like visual metaphors well and i think actually it's more accurate to use visual metaphors just because if you grow up, like, learning a language spoken by sighted people, we use visual metaphors, you know? Right. And they make sense. And but... I guess Toph can see to an extent. Her... Right. And she has, you know, sensing and stuff. So, whereas, um... And Toph, I think, was blind from birth, right? Yeah. And so, so the... Th- I, well, I don't want to tell you too much about okay. GC, but, um... 
Oh, so it's a deliberate choice on her part to never... Yeah, her okay. circumstances are very interesting. So it, it reflects a lot about her identity, about the fact that she relies on these non-site-based figurative language instances. Yeah. Um, so she, I think she mentions in passing that John is like a, a, a disgrace to ectobiology or something. Yeah. Um, or so, she, she just mentions ectobiology. Yeah. And that kind of seeds him with the idea of ectobiology. Right. As his handle. Because this is still in the past. Right. When he was thinking about changing his handle. Right. Um, and then... Oh, so, sorry, so John imagines... I think John imagines that by ectobiology, it just, you know, it like... Um, it rings sort of Ghostbusters bells for him. Oh, yeah. And he, he vibes with it in that way. That's not whatsoever what ectobiology is, but we will find that out much later. Okay. It's, uh, it's a lot more interesting. Cool. Um... um. And then we see her. We see GC. We see GC. Yes. So she has sort of pointy, like longish hair. In the in the graphic that we see there, it looks a lot longer relative to her body than it like really is. But because she's like drawn in a sprite view, but also with like some foreshortening going on, it looks longer than it is. She's got like she's got it's like sort of like chin length, um, like very spiky hairdo with like little side bangs, and um, she has little like very narrow like leaf shaped. Um, or like I don't know, like lemniscate kind of lenses. Lemniscate. Yeah. What's that mean? It's a math term for for exactly that. It's like it would be an ellipse. Nerd. A two ended a two ended teardrop. Nerd. God, that's a good word for it. It's a two ended teardrop, and they're What's they're the lemniscate. I love that. Yeah. Um. And they're red. Yeah, they're like translucent red. Mm-hmm. So you can see her eyes, but she can't see you. Mm-hmm. Um. She has an astrological symbol on her T-shirt that I didn't bother to look up. Right. They all do. Um, yeah. Uh, Hers is, uh... The, the guy has, um, the cancer sign, which is the only one I know. Yeah. Um, she has... I... I think it's the, I think it's the one that's an omega and then a line And then underneath. a line underneath, yeah. So if you know what that one is, then you know what her astrological sign is. It doesn't uh, really matter. It doesn't matter. Don't tell us. Yeah. Um... Um... Then we cut over to PM, who is... I, I just wanted to mention that, oh. um, if, if, um, CG looks like John, she is reminiscent of Jade in her design. Yes, a little bit. A little bit. And she also has, um, her horns are, like, longer and pointier than, uh, CGs. Uh-huh. But, like, not any more, like, thick. They're the same, like, diameter. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing we see is PM, who is transportalizing into the Dark Kingdom's palace. Yeah, so this is, uh, past PM, when she is partial mistress. Mm-hmm. Which is really cute. Yeah. Hang on a second. Nope. Wait. Thanks. <laughs> um, so she's followed AR into anemone, anemone territory. <laughs> anemone. Anemone. Man. Oh, don't, kill, don't kill yourself. <laughs> That's not the voice. <laughs> it was close. It was close enough. Uh, then she, so she walks past, it says, uh, you have no idea where you're going and you're too nervous to ask anyone as she walks past clearly whoever Diamond's Droog was long before he was Diamond's Droog. I think we actually saw his name already as, you know, his life as an agent. What was his name? And I don't know. I thought he, it was an alternate version of him. Because it's an alternate version of Spades. It, like, it is, yeah. Okay. So it's not, he is not it's, literally... It's a character with the sprite, same sprite as Droog. Yeah, he will not, like, so... Can I, do you want me to explain it a little bit? Oh, okay. No. Well, it's not, it's never something that's plot relevant or Just say yes or no. Is it, is it to the same degree that 
the trolls so far look reminiscent of the humans. Oh, no, no, no. It's way more... It's more specific. It's way more specific than okay, that. that. Yeah. That's all I need to know. Yeah. The, I mean, the fact... It's interesting that you even picked up on, the, on like, that you're, that you're seeing, like, the well, trolls looking similar to the well, kids. I don't the, see that. It's because the next girl really looks like Rose. Like, sort of. She has a similar... To me, it looks a lot like Rose. Like, the eyeliner and lips. I mean, yeah, they, they're both wearing makeup. Yeah. But, like... But, I mean, like, same shape... I think same, same shape roughly hair, shaped hairstyle. I yeah. Don't we need to talk, okay, so we need to get to them because also, like, I love their dynamic and I want to hear your thoughts on it. Okay. Okay. Um, so AR is, uh, or excuse me, PM is poking around the Dark Kingdom and she comes a- upon... I just want to, like, note that she's not being, um, like, harassed by anyone. She's just, like, nervous to be there. Right, yeah, so it's not, you know, it's not, so it's it's the enemy kingdom, but, like, you know, no one's, like, trying to stop her or anything. She's apparently paying a, she's tr- pretending like she's paying a parking citation, so I guess that's something people do. Um, but so she follows this, she finds this red carpet and figures, all right, I'll follow this carpet. And, um, there's a lady in a throne. Yeah. Um, I'll describe her, I guess. Yeah. So she is like a, she's a black, uh, carapace person. Mm-hmm. Um, she has kind of segmented, articulated joints, like a, like a close up of an insect. Mm-hmm. Um, Which, the implication is, like, all carapace people look like that, but right, but basically, she's, the she's, more powerful or important a character, like, the more powerful a character is, the more detail that makes with sense. which they'll be rendered. Yeah. Um, she's wearing, like, a really, like, really cute short, um, jester dress. Mm-hmm. Um. It's surprisingly sort of raggedy looking for how regal she is. Yeah, because this is obviously the monarch. Mm-hmm. Um, she has, she also has, like, these long tendrils coming, like, two, one on, one on each side of her, uh, abdomen, mm-hmm. um, and they they have some pink stripes at the base, but then they extend out, mm-hmm. and they're kind of draped over the throne. Yeah. Um, and finally she has, well not finally, but she has, um, she has a jester hat, but mm-hmm. it's not a hat, it is like her head carapace has been extruded into the shape of a jester hat. Yeah. In a, like, really kind of grotesque looking way. It's awesome. Yeah. And finally she has, like, she has, like, white slit eyes, mm-hmm. and she has, um a scar, like, vertically through one of them. Yeah. Which looks exactly like Spade Slick scar. Yeah, it does. She also is missing an arm. Yeah. Like Spade like Slick. Like Spade Slick. Yep, yep. Well, because of the, um, what was it, the princess doll with one arm that got thrown in? There was some, something missing an arm was prototyped. Oh, okay. Um, and that's, that's why that happened. Similarly, that's why... She has a... I believe the scar on her eye, I think it was, I think it was the... The Harlequin doll had a slit eye and maybe also the missing arm. Oh, because it got yeah, because it got um, glass ejected on it. Yeah, so that was the that, that was the destroyed sense. thing, and then the squid princess doll, I believe, was. So oh, is that so? Maybe her tendrils are coming from the squid. So that's what those are from. Yeah. So it seems like um, all the prototyping is like happening physically to her body, which is horrifying. Well, yeah, I mean, you see it happening to the imps and stuff, like it... Right, but they mostly are just, like... I guess they're they're monsters, they're barely sentient. Like, yeah, they're, being, ha- they're being spawned like that, and they're yeah. also just mostly wearing costumes. Yeah. Well, I mean, they are, they're developing, you know, they're cat-shaped, or they've got... Right, but they're, but they're being spawned like that. Yeah, it's yeah. Her, I'm imagining, like, painfully, like... Morphing. Morphing, exactly. It's never, you never really get clarification on whether that is a painful process or whatever, but it... It adds some, especially as we find out more about, like, who the monarchs are. Mm-hmm. It, I don't know, I like to read it that way. I haven't, I hadn't thought of it, but I like that reading that, like, yeah, it is, like, this excruciating process that you just have no choice of. Yeah. Um, that would certainly make me resent the kids entering the medium. God. Yeah. Um, 
but basically, uh, PM just like meekly asks her, like, can you like overturn this parking ticket? Yeah. And um, the monarch just like points at uh, at Jack's office. Yep. Um, which, of course, with no actual dialogue because right. these get you know uh, the exiles don't speak. It's also um, the like the same pointing image that was shown on Jack's monitor mm-hmm. when she wanted him to put on his hat. Yeah. Um, and she's also wearing a gold ring with four kind of like spherical diamond or pearl things mm-hmm, at, mm-hmm. like at right angles on it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really important ring. I, that's I a really, it's a really, really incredibly important object. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so like she, she meets her and then she goes into Jack's office. And then we turn our attention instead to Rose, whose exile says, all right, you have to go. You need to go. You need to go find your sprite and find your purpose. Mm-hmm. So remember, her sprite is um, Jasper's and the squid princess doll. Right. And he, he has disappeared somewhere, and she has to go find him. She also has to go find her mom. Mm-hmm. But, uh... Um, but <laughs> she, she says, um, the, the voice says, you're, like, you're in charge of your own, like, destiny now. Well, she doesn't say destiny, but, like, you're, like, on your own now. Like, yeah. you can make your own decisions. So she decides to take a sip of her mom's martini and just, like... We get a bluff panel again. So relatable. Yeah. I remember, like, the Calvin and Hobbes comic where, Mm -hmm. like, he tries, like, his uncle left a cigarette Mm -hmm. and he's like, I'm so cool. Mm -hmm. And he's like, takes a, like, a pull of it and he's like, gross. (laughs) What's in a martini? It's, um, vodka or gin, I think. Mm -hmm. And olive and olive that's it i think so that's not a drink that's vodka with some with an object there in must it. be something else in it like vodka and pickle juice god martini the martini is a pot cocktail made with gin and vermouth there you go okay i think it, i think you can do vodka too okay vodka martini is a thing yeah yeah um so yeah i don't know what vermouth is though really I've heard of it before. Aromatized wine with various botanicals such as roots, barks, flowers, seeds, herbs. But so, like a uh, Jaeger, I guess. I guess. Kind of thing. But it's very like clear. Yeah, yeah. Also, I'm not a fan of olives. Mm. So just everything about martinis seems unappetizing to me. Yeah. Um. So okay, so. Back with the exiles now. Out in front of the egg, a windswept... Eh? Let me try that again. A windswept questant suddenly appears. So, she, yeah, she, she she was in the egg, I guess, but she doesn't step out of it. She, like, purifies out of it. Yeah. Um, and she looks... Oh. <clears throat> okay, so she is a white <laughs> carapace person. She has the same segmented limbs uh-huh. as the Black Queen. Yeah. Uh, she... It's possible she has a missing arm. Her, one of her arms might be behind her. Right. Um, she has I'll, the same slit eyes, but they're she, black on white instead of white on black. Yeah, she's wearing rags, but... Um, also, she looks... She and the Black Queen look like... Um, what's her name from... Uh, Snowman. Yep. Um, and also, she's WQ. Yeah. She's White Queen. Yeah. There you go. You're figuring it out. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting it. Yeah. Um, yeah. They have the same sprite. Just, you know, obviously she doesn't have any tentacles. She doesn't have a crown. Yeah. She's but... like the vanilla version. Uh, 
Yes. Like not, of the Sprite. Not modified. <laughs> not the, yes. Okay. Um, not like vanilla and chocolate. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> Ebony and Ivory. Is that, is there like a ship name for the black and white queen? Like, I'm sure there is piano? and. I, God, let's... Okay. So anyway, um, it's really, we have a really funny little panel of AR and WV just, like, glancing at each other and then glancing at her and then glancing at each other, like, very quickly. Yeah. Um, and then, meanwhile, which, PM... Which is interesting, because they didn't recognize PM, but yeah. I assume that they're very aware that this is the White Queen. Well, I don't know if they can tell that this is the White Queen, but if anything, like, she's really... Imposing. She's really imposing. She just appeared out of thin air from this enormous egg thing that fell out of the sky. Like, mm-hmm. what the hell? Like, yeah. Meanwhile, but P- PM's pretty oblivious. She's just in... Well, no, okay. We cut back in time a little bit. So while ARNWV actually saw this go down, it's implied PM was in her station, and she's sending a command to John, telling him to put the carved tablet into the parcel pixis, and, you know, she's closing, she's closing paradoxes. Yeah. Um, there's also, uh, kind of a joke about, um, like, the, the action text is, um, command John to do this. Yeah. And the, like, the response is, PM hears the command to command John, commands John, and John responds to the command. It's like, it's like a double layer of commands. Yeah. Implying that she, like, She's being commanded like John's being commanded. Yeah. I feel like that's mostly a joke. I feel yeah. like there's not, like, a meta-textual thing. Unless... It's like, not a consistent meta-textual thing. It's, yeah, it's the just like The role of the... The action text is sometimes literally the text being sent by the exiles. Sometimes it's the narrator commanding the character. Right. And also, Hussey, like, does, like, insert himself literally. He does. As, like, an orchestrator. Yes. As the author. Yeah. Sometimes. So it's, yeah, it's just like a, a one-off mm-hmm. joke. Um, meanwhile, in the distant past, PM is, as parcel mistress, is in Jack's office, mm-hmm. which is empty and stacked with, um, so he's got those three fenestrated walls, uh, and he's got heaps of parking tickets on his desk. Yes. He also has the green package that she's after. He does. Uh, and he's not there until he is and just kind of appears yeah, he's, behind he's, her. He's like, can I help you? <laughs> like, like, and she like jumps because, you know, that's, that's kind of like uh, sneak into an office, like yeah. Well, she didn't. She wasn't sneaking, but like she is an enemy terror. She was gonna take the package, right? Like, she's, like get like nervous in an office, and the manager comes up. Like, Can I help you? Like, you? You jump up. Well, and he's a hostile presence. He's he very hostile, and it's just. But it's also he really also funny. Looks really goofy without his hat. He looks really goofy without his hat. Like, he's got this like kind of cue bally head. Yeah, and he's like. I think it's it's not so much that he's very short as PM is very tall, right. but she's so much bigger than he is. It's really funny. Yeah. Um, um, and Jack won't give her the package because it would be a paperwork nightmare. Yeah. But what he does do is he gives her a sword and a hit list with uh-huh. two icons on it, one of which is a crown. Yeah. Um, Both of which are crowns. Okay. Different. Well, oh no. Well, one of them is a slightly more symbolic crown. Than okay, other. I see. Yeah, it makes sense. They are. If you're familiar with chess, I'm only explaining this because if you're familiar with chess, like these are typical symbols used for these pieces, so it shouldn't be a huge surprise to you that they okay. the pieces of paper are like they have the queen symbol and the king symbol. I see. So um, he's giving her a sword and instructions to kill the black, the white king and queen. Right. Um, so yeah, so he's like, I'll like I'll do you a solid if you do me a solid, um, and she just like kind of sweats and backs out of the room, and then he's like, um, 
his narration was like, you make a policy of handing out a regisword and a hit list to just about everyone who enters your office. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's his response. It's like, if you want him to do, if you want him to do something. I feel like on some level that reminds me of like April on, um... Parks and Rec scheduling all of Ron's appointments for yeah. April 31st or something. Or yeah. April 30th, because she doesn't know there's a... Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. That's... Yeah, he's just like, if you want... <laughs> or what is it, March 31st? Something like March that. March 31st, yeah. The one that she doesn't think has... Is, exists, yeah. yeah. Think there's a 31st day. Um, but yeah, it's, <laughs> that's an excellent way to get rid of people. Yeah, go go kill the go kill the king and queen. Bring their crowns and back. And I can do And then I'll help you out, Yeah. Which, it, which makes me wonder, like, what does he actually do? Does he do anything? Um, he's, well, he seems to be, like, a bureaucrat. Right, but, I mean, he's also in charge of, like, keeping t- track of, like, John's dad, who's, like, right. a prisoner. So, I mean, I, like, oh, he's, whatever. He's an archagent. Yeah. Right? So he's, I guess he's, like, one, got- of, one of her, like, aides. One of, like, mm. she's assigned him to do certain tasks. Mm-hmm. Um, and he seems to really hate it, but also take it very seriously. Yes. As long as he doesn't have to wear the stupid hat. So, yeah, so he gets rid of PM. PM goes off, presumably, to go try and do this. Um, and then Jack opens the package, and his face, like, literally he, falls. Like, like, his face condenses to the bottom quarter of his head. Right, so he's always, like, growling. Like, I think every <laughs> panel of him so far yeah, has he's been got him, like, like, with his lips sneered and, like, his eyes, like, squinted to the maximum. Uh-huh. And then he looks inside this package, and he just kind of, like... Ooh. <laughs> like, yeah. not even, like, like just kind of dull surprise. Like, yeah. He, it doesn't, like, he doesn't have eyebrows, but, like, his eyebrows don't raise. Yeah, he's just like, oh, I'm, I'm making a face at you guys, and you guys in can't a, see my face. In a very, like, um, like, immediate transition. Yeah. He makes, like, the, the capital D colon face. Yeah. <laughs> um, then... God, so much, like, boring stuff happens with John, with Jade and Dave. Can we just, like, gloss over this, please? Yeah, so basically he's just um, upgrading his, um, alchemizer. Yeah, his, uh, his, he's, he's upgrading his, um, his alchemizer, I think. Yeah. And, uh, it's just, basically what he does is, thanks to Jade, like, drawing some things on her, Pictionary modus. She's able to get ghost like capsulog codes for objects they don't have yet. And since uh, he's leeching Grist off of John, he can build all this up immediately. Right, and then he like, or he can. I mean, he doesn't even have to build them. He just punches the cards and then puts them onto like a special shunt, and that right. like attaches them to that machine. So instead of having to run between all these different machines in his house, he's got them all in one place plus like some extras. So yeah, it's like pretty nice. He gets like a little hologram like um, preview of what the machine's gonna make. Mm-hmm. Um, he also gets the ability to, like, scale objects yeah. to a certain extent. Like, not, not like, a sliding scale, but just kind of, like, four notches of size. Mm-hmm. Using, it, using his own photo enlarger. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so, like, that's, alchemy is kind of fun in that way. Yeah, it is, it's handy. It's just kind of, like, drawn out and not interesting in the specifics. Hang on, I'm gonna get my shirt. I'm chilly. My, my flannel. <laughs> it's chilly. I'm usually wearing at least two shirts, if not... More, I feel like, as the weather gets colder, I hate wearing, like, heavy, heavy layers, so it's, I'm much more likely to just wear, like, right. two t-shirts stacked on top of each other, or, <laughs> I don't know. Um, oh yeah, um, one of the, the, one of the, like, a funny thing that happens here is, um, one of the things that Jay tries to draw gets interpreted by the, um, pad that she's, excuse me, one of the pads that she's drawing on. 
try that again. <laughs> One of the things that she tries to draw gets interpreted by her, like... Pictionary modus. Her pictionary modus as, um... A transformer. Like a, yeah, like a huge spiky mech. Yeah. Which, if you remember, uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago, she tried to draw her advanced base, and it interpreted it as the Mars rover. Yeah. Or something like it. And, yeah, so uh, that's, like, that's a pretty good recurring gag. Yeah. <laughs> um, I Then they kept talking about, like, upgrading the thing, and I got Beyonce's upgrade you stuck in my head. <laughs> uh, then we kind of look away from this boring segment, and John finds his dad's car, mm-hmm. which is empty, which we all know, but... He is just discovering it. He's very disappointed because he was hoping to find Jade's present there and yeah. his server disk. Yeah. Um, so then uh, GC starts trolling him and... CG. No, GC. One of us wrote this wrong. Yeah, you wrote it wrong because uh, carcinogeneticist and then you said she. And for him to change the timeline, like, that's all. Yeah. So CG or... <laughs> Gallows Calibrator. Teal text. Gallows Calibrator. Yeah. Um, Pastors or doesn't pester, but trolls yeah. John. Um, and there's some more, like, characterization, which is really nice. Like, she seems really interesting. Mm-hmm. She's very snarky. Like, but not not all the time, but she's capable of, like, being very... Yeah, like, she has a very, like, quick wit. Mm-hmm. Um, she also is the most helpful so far of all the trolls. She is, but, like, if you think about it, like, if you pay attention here, John keeps insisting on getting... He keeps trying to figure out her motivation... But not very hard. And if you pay attention, it just... It's its like he's trolling her. Well, like, yes, but, like, she never really says why she wants to help them. Right. She says, oh, you know, she says, I'm motivated by self-interest because I'm bored, which is basically just a I joke. Thought, I thought there was something about, like, it benefits us both. It benefits us both. She doesn't really say how. Okay. Yeah. She never just, gives her reasoning. I mean, I just kind of took her word for that. Yeah. I mean, I, th- <laughs> I, th- I feel like, because she is, I feel like it's, like, she, in her timeline, has done this. Yeah. So she knows, like, what to do, and she's just trying to, like, speed him up. She, she actually, like, gives him, like, a shortcut through one of the pipes, mm. right, to, like, the lair of the final boss, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and she's like, look, you can, like, go through all the same stuff I did, or you can just, like, go to the end. Yeah. Um, so so here's how she describes it. She says, okay, so, and, that, like, this is, this is... Con- Consistent with the stuff that we learned from, like, the NPCs in the Act 3 game. Mm -hmm. So, at the center of John's planet, or at the center of every kid's planet, is a denizen. And it's a huge monster. It guards an enormous horde of grist. Uh, You know, GC describes it as more grist than you could ever meaningfully alchemize with. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's needed for something called the ultimate alchemy. And... What happens during your quest, like, through these seven gates on your planet, is you wake the denizen up, and you get more powerful, so that then you can go fight your awakened denizen, kill it, and get the the, the grist horde, right? Right, and also, um, she says, when you go through the seventh gate, that's when you go to the lowest point in the planet, like, underground to where the beast is. Right. The denizen. Right, and so... The deal kind of is, uh, John's gonna be able to kill the denizen way ahead of time by... Killing it in its sleep. So in, by skipping his questing, he's not going to wake it up. He's just going to cut straight through and go kill it. Yeah. There is a shirtless man outside my window. Doing something weird, like, in his doorway. He's just been, like, standing there, like, looking at something specific. He's gone now, but he was there for a while. He's directly in my line of sight. He's, like, between me and the 
<laughs> like, if I look at the monitor, he's in, he's, like, just above the monitor in, like, my frame of vision. It's fine. <laughs> we have to get one of those in there. What? It's fine. <laughs> because there's no, like, technical issues this time. There are, you know what? You're right. I mean, except for, like, both of us having technical issues in our lives and brains. Don't we all have technical issues in our lives and brains? Yes. Anyway, Homestuck. Um, GC, among other things, notices or points out to John that... So John is being skeptical at first when she's saying, like, I want to help you and, like, being kind of shifty. And John is like, why? And... First of all, she says, it's because you're a total nice guy pushover, and you when you know you will eventually. And then he keeps asking her for her motivation, and she doesn't she doesn't give it. But she, she seems pretty familiar with his personality, despite claiming that she's trolling him in linear time. Right. So that's one thing. Anyway. That's such a funny sentence. It is. <laughs> trolling him in, in linear, linear time. time. Um, and the idea is that... She not only, so not only is she helping him succeed by letting him skip parts of the game, but, so remember that these trolls can actually see the entire timeline spread out in front of them, and so she sees on this timeline that originally John actually does go through the seven gates, wake the denizen, fight it. And so what she's proposing is that she disrupt the timeline. Right, she, like, I think she specifically says, you humans, like, fuck this game up terribly. Yeah. Uh, so she's trying to stop that from happening, for whatever reason that benefits her. Yeah, yeah, the kids are, it's, it's, honestly, it's, like, pretty foreboding. They're, they're supposed to, like, fail pretty catastrophically, and, and, mm-hmm. uh, and they're trying to, um, avert that. And so, yeah, she's saying, like, let's cheat the game, like, let's cheat, let's cheat the medium, you know, we're gonna change the timeline. Right. Uh, and apparently her friends, you know, the other trolls don't necessarily believe that that's possible, but, but she's holding out. The, it seems like the trolls all have individual motives, and they're not really communicating on what those motives are. Or if they are, it's not to agree on them, it's just to discuss or argue. Right. Actually, that, I don't know if it's, um, that we can talk about it after. Mm-hmm. But, like, um, actually, CG and GC are in the same room? Yeah, they're all in the same room. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Okay, because, like, at one point, like, uh, CG, or... The girl goes over and, like, punches the boy in the arm. Yeah. Because, like, John or John told her to. Yeah! So, <laughs> it's really funny. Um, so that's a little mini-time paradox. Uh, carcinogeneticist is talking to John and uh, talking about how, uh, at some point, he so he goes over and talks to Gallo's Calibrator, then he comes back, and then a little while later, Gallo's Calibrator comes over and punches him in the arm. Um, and John is like, why would she do that? And he's like, I don't know. Then he immediately afterward, Gallo's calibrator talks to him, and John relays this information that this Gallo's calibrator is speaking to him from her past, so mm-hmm. before the punch ever happens, um, is when, in her timeline, she's speaking to John, but it's slightly after the punch in John's timeline. Yeah. And, uh, she's talking to him, and he tells her, like, oh yeah, uh, you punch... Uh, carcinogenesis and all this stuff, and um, there's also some like like vague like romantic tension between the two of them, like uh, carcinogenesis and Gallus Calibrator, uh, or like like weirdness there. Um, I read it as like sibling rivalry. It's it's somewhere in between that dynamic. It's okay. and it's and you're not, you're not wrong. That really probably characterizes it more than anything else. Okay. Um, 
they are not siblings, okay. but uh, but okay. yeah, it's sort of this weird territory. Um, but yeah, so so he tells her that she will punch him and instigates the punching. Yeah, um, which is interesting. Like it's kind of like what they've been doing to the humans, like taking bits out of the timeline and like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. playing them, playing them. Yeah, yeah. So he yeah he John's starting to like f- like figure out like how to figure out where a troll is in the timeline when they're talking to him mm-hmm. and use that to his advantage. Yeah. It's fun. Um, so then, then we cut away from John for a while and we take a look at Rose who is badass. She's, uh, like leaping all over the place with oh, her knitting needles, taking out imps left and right. Mm-hmm. She like jumps on top of an ogre, <laughs> um, and like, knits around his neck. Yeah, she, 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 there's an ogre, right? These, like, enormous, they're, like, house-sized. They're huge. Not that big. She, they're small house-sized. They're, like, they can have big houses. Yeah, you know what? They're, like, if elephants stood up on their hind legs, yeah. right? Okay, this elephant-sized thing, Jay, Rose just, like, jumps up, jabs her knitting needles into its eyes, and then, like, carrying the yarn with her, like, uses it as reins, essentially, and, like, trips the ogre over the edge of her house and off the waterfall and, like, stuns it. Mm-hmm. Leaves it floating in the water. It's not dead, so she doesn't have the grist yet. It's, like, floating unconscious in the water. And she just sets up her laptop on its back and starts pestering Dave. Yeah. Um, She's, oh, my God. The, and the, the text is, um, knit the scarf, be the rider. Or knit the scarf, ride the ogre. Yeah. She, like, surfs it down the waterfall of her house. Ah. Oh. Um, My girl! Dave tells her to, like, stick her needles in its spinal cord. And yeah. she's just like, no, I don't want, I want to, like, kick it when it's down. Yeah. On a fair fight. <laughs> um, and then, like, Dave calls her, like, har- like the range she used, an Oedipal harness? Like, like, Oedipus? Um, yeah. I don't really understand what he means by that. Like, that doesn't seem to have anything to do with the Oedipal myth. That I can think Oedipal? Of. Oedipal. Oedipal myth. Oedipal myth. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't either. I don't get that illusion. I don't, um, yeah. Hey, 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 anyway. hey, Brian. Oh, well, no, it's, it's edible because at the end of it, Oedipus has his eyes gouged out. Did she gouge out his eyes? She gouged out the, uh, ogre's eyes. Oh, uh, okay. All yeah. Right. I was gonna, I was gonna, like, call for help from Brian to, like, with mythology. Nice. Um, but that makes sense. Um... Okay, so now Grim Auxiliatrix mm-hmm. is, Who is in the picture. Yeah, she has Jade Green text with um, each word capitalized. Which is much nicer to read. Yes. And she is talking to Dave, asking him for advice to get into the good graces, graces of Rose, who she tries to describe as, uh, you know, the one who is a little snooty. <laughs> um, and she says, oh, you know, you have some... You have some control over her or whatever, like, your your friends or whatever. And, um, <laughs> among other things, uh, Dave uses the phrase, Pimp Master Hustle Daddy of all snippy book shrews. Which, like, you could have chosen better words to, to, um, commit that otherwise very charming, ingratiating wordplay with. Yeah. <sighs> but, uh, anyway, um, Dave 100% calls GA out for having a thing for Rose. <laughs> Um, and they more or less admit to it. Um, pull, they pull out some sarcasm, which is pretty entertaining. Yeah, they're, like, trying on all these, like, human sarcasm, like, 
facades, and they're having a lot of fun with it, too. They are. They're also all, like, very good at turning a phrase. They are! Especially considering, like, they're not... Like, they're, they're kind of using... They don't understand, like, human... They don't have a frame of reference for metaphors, really. Right. But they're using metaphorical language in, like, interesting novel ways that they're trying to, like, piece together. Right. And it's, yeah, I mean, part of it is that they're written by Andrew Hussey. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so they're going to turn, turn like, mad phraseology. But it's, like, also in character. Like, it makes sense for them to be, like, trying to relate to these teen, these human teens by, like, saying cool things but not quite understanding the metaphor. Yeah. Like, um, uh, Dave, sa- I think Dave says, like, you want to, or Rose says you want to get Dave's goat. And <laughs> the, and the troll is like, I have no interest in receiving this human goat, this earth goat. <laughs> Unless you mean it metaphorically, in which case, yes. Yeah. And then, and then later on in that, in that log, they, like, incorporate the goat metaphor into what they're trying to say. So they're, like, trying to pick up on, like, communicating with these humans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're doing a good job. Yeah. Um. They've come a long way from, like, yelling that they're, that they're friends. Yeah. Um, and... So, the approach that Dave sort of settles on advocating for Rose is to be an antagonism ninja and basically say the opposite of what she means whenever she's trying to say something good to her and just be, like, like be antagonistic but in a clever way, a clever and pointed way. Yeah. And that Rose would respond well to and that. He, and he says, like, the opposite of what John and Dave do. Yeah. Or John and Jade do. Yeah. Which is, I think you mentioned really early on, is, like, their style is very direct and mm-hmm. earnest, mm-hmm. whereas Dave and Rose are very, uh... Obtuse. Obtuse and, yeah, like, reserved. Mm-hmm. Kind of, like, calculated sarcasm and, like, not in a malicious way, but, like, in a carefully choosing their words way. Right. Whereas John and Jay just, like, spam exclamation points <laughs> and... Oh, man. I'm such a jade in my writing. You really are. Um... Then, immediately after this conversation, Adios Toreador starts trolling Dave, who I think we've <laughs> seen before. <laughs> Funny name, considering what we learned. Like, shortly afterward? Uh-huh. Uh, yes. Yeah, it is absolutely a play on, on what we learned immediately afterward. Um, yes. So, okay, you, you wrote down a bunch of, uh, quote here. Okay, so, this is a fun conversation. He's trying to... So A.T., who we're about to find out is a boy in, like, two panels, which is why I'm saying this, um, he is trying to he find out from Dave. brown text. He has brown text. Um, he has this insufferable fucking typing quirk of the first letter of every, like, clause, so, like, after a comma it resets, uh-huh. um, is uncapitalized, and then the rest is capitalized. Yeah. Uh, and every single thing ends with a comma, and it's... God, it's atrocious to look at. It's brown. Like, just nothing about it is pleasant at all. Um, and he just has this very, like, sort of stumbling and, like, direct but direct but fumbling way of saying like, things. self-defensive. Yeah. Oh, man. He's so unpleasant to read. But, like, in a, he's one of the only cringy characters I've ever enjoyed reading. Yeah, for sure. I, I um, get that definitely so far. Yeah. Uh, oh, excuse me, he's not, he's not pestering Dave, he's pestering Rose. He's pestering Rose to find out how better to troll Dave. And Rose does the same thing that Dave did, 
in the last sort of pester log, which is saying like, oh, you totally have a thing for him. And, <laughs> and AT is like, no, 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 not at all. Like, I just, I'm just trying to troll him and like, okay. Um, and Rose is just like, <laughs> drop some hard peer reviewed motherfucking science on his ass and, uh, some seriously government funded shit, uh, by which she means rap at him. He will love it. <laughs> and, uh, the thing is that A.T. doesn't even really, like, understand what she's saying and, like, is having trouble following and, like, is being kind of a jerk to her also. And then he finally is like, all right, cool, whatever, and then, like, blocks her and then unblocks her. <laughs> and then he goes, he, like, burns her but then blocks her then unblocks her then says, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to burn you. And Rose just types back in his typing quick, um, with a comma. Yeah. Just, oh. Oh, my God. Drags him. The, the like, block, immediate unblock was, like, one of the funniest, just, like, textual gags. You can, like, the things that you can do with this medium of, like, the syntax that we all understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The pragmatics and everything. Yeah. So, so then we go to Grim Auxiliatrix is having her seventh conversation with Rose. Um, and it comes out that they're... From Rose's perspective, their first conversation was G.A.'s second conversation with her. The conversation they're about to have will be G.A.'s first. And G.A. sends Rose the transcript of that conversation, trying to justify why she was as hostile as she was in what was to her her second conversation. Right. So she wants Rose to repeat this transcript of what she said, um... In her first meeting with her, uh. so yeah, we're gonna have to use names and no pronouns here. So, so GA in GA's seventh conversation, Rose's second conversation. So Rose to GA seven, GA gives Rose the transcript of Rose three GA one, which is about to happen. Right, uh, and GA says. I want you to repeat back, you know, everything in this transcript verbatim. Or not, right? Um, but then says, I can't tell you whether or not I changed this transcript. So mm-hmm. Rose has no way of knowing whether G.A. changed any of these words, whether G.A. is writing things that sound stupid into the transcript in the first place so that uh, Rose will say them and thereby engineer the negative impression that right. then led G.A. to treat her with hostility or, like, dismissiveness mm. in G.A. 2, Rose 1. Uh, oh, boy, you following along there? <laughs> um, and then uh, this really this really great line comes out. Uh, G.A. says, It seems friendship for some humans is a basic aggregation of shallow and insincere hostilities. <laughs> Um, then, uh, Rose, Rose accuses GA, I believe, of, uh, coordinating stuff with, uh, oh no, she, uh, GA actually says that she has been consulting with Dave, and, uh, Rose is like, no way could Dave think of something this sophisticated, and GA is like, well, he didn't exactly, but who better to... Who better to coordinate such events than the Knight of Time? So, now we know Dave's title. Right. He's okay. The Knight of Time. I, I thought that um, th- okay. What? I just th- I thought that was the the Knight of of blank was like 
the Knight of Time in the Troll instance. Uh-huh. And that she didn't know what Dave was. But I guess it's the other way around. That we don't know what the Troll instance was of Knight. Right. Okay. Right. Um, and then G.A. just, like, bails. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then we see her. Right, because, because so Rose points out, Rose is like, oh my god, are you sure you don't have a thing for him? It's okay, bro, you can admit it, which is basically the same thing Dave said to her. Right. Dave said to G.A. when G.A. was talking to him about Rose. Um, and now Rose is like, oh, you have a thing for Dave. Yeah. Anyway, and uh, uh, G.A. just bails. <laughs> yeah, also, I want to say, like, one of, like, I was talking about, like, mixed metaphors. Yeah. My favorite one was, um, G.A. says... Pinching your larynx has already begun to supply my purpose with fruit. I don't even understand what that's supposed to I mean. I don't get what the... Who is she choking? Like, what the... It sounds It sounds like a really obtuse, like... Song? Way of, like, saying, uh... Like, an actual saying. Yeah. But that doesn't have any... Like, it's not saying. a real saying. So the other thing is it's amazing because, like, every turn of phrase from her, because she capitalizes every word, sounds like, like a, a title of exactly, something. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. The junior lyrics has already begun to supply my purpose with fruit. And it really, like, it really doesn't, when we speak it, it doesn't come out, but you gotta read it. Yeah. Um, and then we, so the next panel after that pester log is we get to see G.A. Yeah. Um, and she, to me, looks a hell of a lot. Like Rose. Um, she has, I mean, just the same hair style. Similar hair. G.A. has an asymmetric hairstyle. She's got, uh, she's got a little, like, curly cue on her forehead. She's got, like, some spiky bangs. She's got a spiky pixie cut, basically, whereas Rose has, like, a chin-length bob uh, with bangs and a headband. So, pretty different hairstyles. Okay. Same hair shape. Yes. Roughly the same hair shape. That's what I mean. Uh, it um, is sort of close-cropped. Also, similar facial features. Insofar as they both have, like, um, eyelashes and, like, well, lips like, drawn. Very, like, thick eyeliner, almost, yeah. like mascara. Yeah. Um, and, like, it doesn't mean, like, they look the same if you if they were real people. I just mean, like, in... They're the, iconically in the, rendered in the, the same. Ab- exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, they don't... They're not... I'm not saying that they're, like, the exact same person. I'm just saying, like, they're obviously meant okay. to be paralleled. Like... Kind of, yeah. Um, anyway, so this character has got, uh, we see that she's got a long sleeve t-shirt on with a short sleeve t-shirt over top of it with, again, her astrological sign over it. And I think it might be, I don't know what it is. It's an M with a, like a swirl. Oh, yeah, whatever. Uh, she also has, so she has one straight horn and one, like, barbed horn. And that's, um, that's actually one, like, that's when I see, like, ha- like um, fan art of... Mm-hmm. The trolls, mm-hmm. which before now I like didn't know who any of them were, ah. but I've always I've always like noticed like the one that has like a barbed horn. Mm-hmm. It looks like um like a really simplistic drawing of like a devil tail almost. Yeah, like it's because it, it like narrows, um, but then it kind of has like a crescent moon at the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so like I like to imagine that. Tazi is, like, slowly easing us into the weird horn designs, because, mm. like, the first one is just, like, these little nubs. Mm. second one we see is, like, these longer ones. Uh-huh. And then this kind of weird asymmetrical one. Oh, man. Dude, just fucking brace yourself. Yeah. Anyway, so... <laughs> so next we have this magnificent exchange <laughs> between, um... 
Adios, Toriador. I keep hearing, I keep, I'm, I'm reaching for their handles and all I'm getting is their real name. I appreciate that. Um, it's like, it's like trying to speak a foreign language. It's like trying to speak the correct foreign language. You know, you reach for, I would always reach for Italian and get Spanish. Mm. My dad would reach for Spanish and get German, which was really interesting. Anyway, um, so he leads in with, get ready to get straight in, flat down, broadside, school fed up the bone bulge with, um, what? Like what? Like what? Like I, it just it, like he's, he's trying. He's trying to rap. He, he's real bad. Yeah, he he's real he real bad. Know, he doesn't know what he's doing. Um, yeah, he name drops Prospid and Durs. Um, Durs being the the Dark Kingdom's moon, Prospid being the Light Kingdom's moon. Mm-hmm. Um, he just is like trying to like slam Dave in like a really just atrocious rap. Like the it's. Almost got rhythm. I kind of want to like hear uh, someone like reciting it. I those videos exist. Dude. I'm sure because like so like he, there are like rhyming lines, but uh-huh. then there's also like he has lines in parentheses which like don't seem to fit into it at all. Yeah, they're like his. It's supposed to be like a hype man, but it's actually just him like muttering to himself. It's yeah. so... I'm, like, trying to figure it out as he goes. Yeah. Anyway, so then he, like... Dave is clearly unimpressed and typing things like, don't care, with, like, no punctuation. Yeah, he's like, also, like, drawing a sweet Rowan Hello Jeff panel. Yeah, he's, like, not engaged with this at all. And then he just, like... So AT, like, rattles off this, like, whole stupid thing and gets distracted in the middle and then finishes it and then, like, leaves. And the next panel is we see AT. And, and... I burst out laughing. <laughs> um, so he, like... Oh, my God. How do I... He has enormous bull horns. Like all the all the kids so far have had these little horns sticking out of their hair. Mm-hmm. Um, At he's like he has like a kind of a a big uh, head. Uh huh. He's got a mohawk he's, as well. He doesn't even have a mohawk. He has like a horrifying hairline. Yeah. Where like so he has like these bull horns yeah. are sticking like they're like four inches thick. Yeah. And they're sticking out of the sides of his head. Yeah. And there's no hair around them. Yeah. Like his hairline goes around them. Oh, yeah. Like, on the top of his head, and then goes down the front of his head to where a normal hairline is. Yep. So he looks, it looks like a, like a widow's peak, but with like... With flat. With like a five-inch base. <laughs> it's really, I, you know, I never thought of it that way, but yeah, it's real bad. His hairline's real bad. <laughs> he's also he, making the dumbest face. He's like, <laughs> like, he's yeah, very like, pleased like with himself. Yeah, like, like, pupils up, like, with his, his head over his mouth. Yeah, um, God, his horns are, you guys, his horns are so big, it's like... They stick, like, they go out horizontal, like, if you were sitting on a couch, like, the length of the couch. Yeah. And then up. To, like, the, to the point where I noticed that his his shirt is, like, a button-on. Like, he can't put a shirt over his head, obviously. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty special. Yeah. Um, and uh, underneath the image of him is this, like, animated gif of, like, you just started some sick fires, bro, with, like, flames animated <laughs> yeah. behind the text. Like, yeah. nice. Um... So he's silly looking. Then we go to um, John, who pops out of the shortcut, aka this like oil pipe, with the sound effect flurp. Yep, he flurps out. Yes, he does. Um, with a bunch of his stuff, uh-huh. including the uh, the Conair bunny yeah. that he got from Dave, right? Yes, um, that was his birthday gift, right? Which is covered in oil now. Yeah, um, and which floats away down a river. Uh huh. But John goes and like seizes it. And, um, then he spots, uh, like, a salamander parent and their child, and, um, and he, like, acts out this scene from Con Air where, 
uh, I guess the main character, like Nick Cage's character, finds like his, I guess, wife and daughter, and uh-huh. he's all like beat up and whatever, and he's got a bunny for yeah. his daughter, and and this is, and like, overlaid, like, with images of the movie, like, stills from the movie. Yeah, and then, um, and so John is, like, giving it to the little, like, the baby salamander, and then he, like, hugs the three of them, and they look completely nonplussed, they have the yeah. same blank expression. Uh-huh. and um, he's, like, weeping. Yeah, and then, uh, then we get a link to this clip from, um... Con Air. Con Air, and, like, specifically, like, with the song that... <laughs> Did, did you actually watch the clip yet? We have to watch the clip where the, the song is important. It's uh, it's uh, like a, a ballad from 15 years ago or something. It's the, it's yeah. Very, like, emotional. I don't remember which song exactly. It's it's the without you. Without you, there'd be no sun in my sky. There'd be no joy in my life. <laughs> there'd be no world left for me. Yeah. Oh, and I, I need you in my arms. Need you to hold. You're my world, my heart, my soul. <laughs> if you ever leave... Maybe that would take away everything that's good in my life. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's something. Yeah. I, I appreciate him, like, ne- needing to act this out. Yeah. And the salamander is just kind of letting him. Yeah, they're pretty complacent. Um, they also think he's, like, a savior. Yes, they do. So I suppose they're pretty, they're pretty down with that. Then we have this really cute conversation where John and CG actually, like, talk about stuff. Yeah. They, like, they like, have a conversation. Yeah, um, so CG, like, says that she knows about um, human movies. Yeah. Um, and, like, she's seen Con Air, I guess. And she thinks that... CG. That... So this is a carcinogeneticist. He's a boy. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Um, so so he thinks um, that John's bad movies are good, right? Yeah. Um, and he also describes some movies from the Troll Planet, which um, their titles are a in-depth summary of the plot. Mm-hmm. Including, like, twists. In sort of, like, but in sort of parameterized terms. Right. Um, so he, like, names half of a movie and says it goes on. Yeah. And John's like, do you say that in normal conversation? And he's like, of course not. You just say, let's go to a movie, and everyone just shows up. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is which is a funny way of, like, brushing off, like, inter- like a, 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 a conceit about a society that doesn't really make sense. And he just is like, don't worry right. about it. Because to be fair, like, there's lots of things about lots of societies that really don't make sure. sense. He also mentions that um, there are thousands of years of film history yeah. on his world. Yeah. Um, which is interesting to me. That um, reminds me of, I forget who exactly was saying, I, it was um, when GC was explaining the the lore, basically, of when planets get... Reckoned? Yeah. Um, she said that it could be thousands or millions of years before the technology to initiate the seeding again mm-hmm. um, is uncovered. Um, so that makes me think that maybe the culture kind of goes into a stasis until that is found or something. Um, what do you mean by a stasis? Like... Like, things get up to, like, 20th century technology, mm-hmm. and then either you find the, techno- the technology that starts the seeding, or you just kind of stay pretty technologically stable until it gets found, maybe millions of years later. Yeah, uh... Or, or no. just, like, no? Okay. No, you'll learn more about the Troll Society later on. Okay. They do still have film, and they do still use computers and stuff, but also lots of other things. But, you'll see. 
So, but is it like more advanced than human Ooh. technology? Um, that ins- that assumes a linear concept of advancement. It's interesting. Okay, you'll see how they handle it. Sure, it is. It is interesting. Um, then uh, John actually lets CG know that um, that GC. Uh, this, so this is the conversation where that uh, that whole exchange with um, John basically telling Gallo's calibrator to punch carcinogeneticist right. in the future. Yeah, that's where this actually goes. Down. Don't like worry about it. It's just kind of funny. Like don't worry about where it falls in the timeline. It's not actually I mean, important. Much as stuff in the comic falls all over the timeline. Yeah, our discussion of funny things that we remember falls all over the timeline of the podcast. Oh my god, it's so meta. Um, this is also where CG says, no wonder you losers all fuck up this game so bad. <laughs> so that's like, we, we see that. Yeah. That's a thing. That's yeah. Happening. Um, yeah, so that's where it, the punch happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Uh, carcinogeneticist is talking about, um, polishing, he wants her to polish his bone bulge and set a fucking table for two on it for their candlelight hate date. Which is a pretty Dave turn of phrase. Candlelight hate date. Um, and, uh, John tells, uh, carcinogenesis, so next time you talk to me, tell me to calm down so I don't just block you. <laughs> Which is funny, because if you remember their, one of their earlier conversations. Started with, with hey saying, John, calm the fuck down. Yeah. And John goes, ah! Out of, like, out of nowhere. <laughs> it's so, it's so interesting that, like, only one of them had the idea to, like, speak to the humans linearly. Yeah, that's pretty int- well. Oh. Like I was, I guess, like I was saying, I think it was last time. Like the trolls, I guess, just don't like understand how linear the humans are. Like they have no frame of reference for it. But like they absolutely should. Like I, I reiterate, there's no, there's no. Ex- it's literally just a lack of foresight. It's not. It's right. really not a cultural misunderstanding. They're just not. They're just being dumb. Like they're just being kids. I see. Okay. Um. Because, I mean, I probably even shouldn't even ask this, but, like, do they just have, uh, like, a timeline for the humans, or, like, do they biologically see the past and future? No, they just have a timeline. That's reasonable to want to clarify. Yeah. yeah, they only have a timeline. This is, I guess this is meant sort of to look mysterious, but I think it's meant to be sort of clear by now. But, yeah, they don't have, like, a biological understanding. They're just looking at computer screens. So, okay, so, like, they they should, like, assume that the humans... Yeah, like, perceive linear time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Cause, yeah. Because so, they perceive linear time, too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, they're just being dumb. I got it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I think, like, the idea is, originally there was no strategy. They really were just doing this to, like, like essentially cult. just vent at the humans for fucking up their session so badly. Uh, okay. And only later did the idea to do anything constructive emerge. Right. Um, so yeah, so then John is talking to GC and like getting the whole punching thing set in motion. Uh, John says timey-wimey. John says timey-wimey. He does. It's cute. Um, then we go to, um, John's location in the real world, uh, which is, now that he's come out of this shortcut, he's at the Denizens Palace. Right. Hang on a second. Can you shut the window? I'm freezing. Yes. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm like super cold. That's okay. Forcing you to edit. No. Hmm. No editing. 
I, I genuinely think we can, like, just post this. <laughs> God. All right. Fine. Let's do it. Um, in the raw. <laughs> um, Sugar so, in the raw. Okay. Um, so, uh, so John's at this Denizen's Palace, which is this, like, kind of a low castle, mm-hmm. but with all these pipes sh- kind of shooting up into the air out of it. So it looks a lot taller than the actual structure. Right. Um, it's sort of meant to evoke a pipe organ, mm-hmm, um, sure. which is pretty cool. This is where um, GC drops all of this um, world-building like knowledge about um, the denizen killing it in its sleep. And again, John is just... John just, like, complies. Like, John doesn't really even ask questions. He gives her, like, this one word, like, okay, like, yeah, like, sounds good. And just, like, does what she tells him. Yeah. He seems really detached, and it's kind of creepy. I I kind of think that he's just tired at this point. Like, yeah, but, like... like he's just like, okay, fine, okay. Yeah. Like, you're not, like, gonna give me straight answers. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, she kind of is, but, like, he doesn't have a structure for understanding all of it yet. Yeah. Um, It's hard to, like, remember, like... They don't all have the same information. Like, hmm. we have, so far, like, a lot of information. We have, still have holes in our information. But the kids, like, they are in constant communication with each other, mm-hmm. for the most part. But they don't have all the same information. Hmm. So John just, like, doesn't know the stuff that she, that uh, CG told Rose. Right. So, for example. Yeah. The CG told Rose or, or the GC. GC told Rose? I'm going to keep messing that up. That's okay. Um, that's why I've been calling them by their full handles. Oh, I guess um, GC girl character. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. There you go. There's one way of thinking about it. Um, so yeah, and that's about it. So John sees this um, this palace, but then um, uh, Gallows Calibrator tells him, yeah, but I want you to go through this thing that looks a little bit like a tiny gate instead. And he goes, it's a return node, and he goes through it, and he pops up back in his bedroom. Mm-hmm. And that is where we end today. Yeah. So that's the end. Well, um, quite a lot of stuff happened today. A um, bunch. There's a lot. Oh do, my... we maybe wanna, do we maybe want to skip listener questions? Um, no, because we have some specifically for today. Oh, true. Okay. So, yeah, this is, um, I mean, it's going to be a long one, but it's not going to be that long. No. It's, so we're at 125. Just with the reading. Mm-hmm. And we can just kind of hop through some listener questions. Yeah. Would you like to tell them how to do that? Next oh, time? yeah. So if you guys want to send us questions, you can find us on Tumblr where we are, hamsteakpodcast.tumblr.com. If you type slash ask after that or you click the button that says ask us a question, you can ask us a question. You could even do it as an anonymous because we have the box check that says we want to hear anonymous questions. So we would love to hear them from you. Do it. Thanks. <laughs> are we good? Um, we are good. Woo! I'm trying to remember, like, okay, actually, they have timestamps, which is useful. Dope. Do you want to ask me questions this time? Do I want to ask you questions? Oh, man, I can actually see the inbox for the first time, because I'm sitting in front of Alex's computer, and he's logged in, and he has access to, um... Logged in. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> um, I guess we're picking up down here. No, that's no. from last time. Okay, so we're picking up with... Uh, Tumblr user Johnniness. I love that. I don't know why I like that so much, but I just Johnniness. Anyway, uh, Johnniness wants to know: Have either of you watched any of the terrible movies John likes? Um, I don't have a, a list handy, and I don't really want to look one up. Um, I want to. Can okay. we? Can yeah. we? Okay. Just pardon our typing. Type softly. 
Um, if it, I was, if it's just Nick Cage movies, mm-hmm. I want to say um, American Treasure or whatever it's called. Um, Do you mean um, National, National Treasure? Treasure? Yeah, but that's actually like a good movie. I don't think John would like that. National Treasure is awful. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, I watched it when I was like thirteen. Yeah. I I remember it being a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. It's just not. It's not. It's not like a high quality film. It's very silly. Um, all right, so it looks like there's not a good list of films that John likes, but one that comes to mind for me is, um, I don't even know what it's called. I have seen National Treasure, but he doesn't really talk about that one. I have seen, um, I think he talks about this one where, like, something about blowing up an, a meteor. Oh, um, I think there's two of those. There's, um, yeah. like... I've seen Armageddon, one of them. I think one of them is. Yeah, I think I've seen Armageddon. And then I think there's, like... Another one with with the same premise. Yeah. Like, and one of them was bad and one of them was good, I think. I think I saw the bad one, though. Makes sense. Um, I saw it in seventh grade science class. <laughs> no. Sixth grade science class. So, I wasn't paying very much attention. Okay. <laughs> oh, here's another one. Oh, so Anonymous asked, Alex, what does Lydia look like when she really wants to say something but knows she would spoil you? Um... I guess just kind of like what you'd expect. I mean, I guess you don't guys don't all know what Lydia looks like, <laughs> but just like kind of. I look like a human potato. No. Yeah. A sweet potato. Oh gosh. <laughs> um, just kind of like holding it in, like maybe a leg wiggle. To like yeah. Rein in the excitement. <laughs> um, but I think that this was a bad day for that because we kind of just like talked frankly about stuff. About stuff, yeah. There was a little bit this morning, uh, we were talking to someone about Homestuck, and I I was just trying to, like, not say the thing, but say the thing, but not say the thing, and yeah. it was rough. Alex just, co- I, honestly, it's more noticeable that Alex, like, covers his ears and, like, I don't know, you do, like, funny stuff when you don't want to be spoiled. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I couldn't actually, like, I genuinely couldn't hear the audio from the Skype call with my ears covered. All right. I could hear you, though. Oh, okay. Are you talking about how I look like a dog? No. Or, no, but that's interesting that you took that away from it, of or like, all things. Or, like, there's a dog that, in the comic later, that reminds you of me. Sort of. Okay. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Um, all right, next one is, Lydia, have you ever bought any of the Homestuck albums? Hmm. Yes, I have. A long, long time ago, I bought the volumes one through four, I think. Thanks. And I still have them. I don't listen to them very often, because honestly, like... So the thing about Homestuck music, especially with the albums, there's some really great tracks on there, and then a lot of, like, no offense to the creators, but, like, I, personally, they don't do anything for me. That's what I, that's what I find with a lot of, like... Game um, music type thing? Yeah, like, soundtracks. Like, yeah. there's, there's, like, the good nuggets, and then there's kind of just, like, the atmospheric stuff. And so, like, sometimes that's great, like, Undertale. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that's just kind of, like, filler. Uh-huh. Yeah, I agree or exactly. It, or even, it, it might even, like, be good music, but it's just, like, not exciting. It's uh-huh. just kind of, like there yeah exactly it's very neutral Mm -hmm. um okay so the shoss with the feels and the stuff said yep if you didn't know there is also another homestuck podcast called let me tell you about homestuck if you are still if you still are unsure of how to format episodes it may give you ideas i really like your podcast so maybe check out the other podcast if you feel like it so funny that you tell us that because we actually did I well, at least I listened to um, bits and pieces of "Let Me Tell You About Homestuck." It seemed I, like it was discontinued, though. Oh, that's too bad. Um, I did. I don't like, actually know though. When we were starting this out, I did check um, like the iTunes store to see if there were other Homestuck podcasts. Yeah. Um, and that one, like, it's 
it's, they're actually like reading Homestuck on air. Like they're oh, that's what that one is. I think they're taking turns like like they're yeah they're expanding the dialogue. Yeah, which, which is interesting. Um, yeah, I I don't feel like well, first of all, I I wouldn't want to do that because I wouldn't want to spoil what I'm doing or just like re-listen to what I just read. Yeah. Um, but also, um, that probably like Homestuck is very dependent on the visual medium mm-hmm. and that might be why they discontinued it because it's honestly not that great of an idea to read Homestuck out loud. Yeah. It, it, it's dependent on the visuals. It's also just a shit ton of work, frankly, like yeah. thousands and thousands of pages take way longer when you are very deliberately voice acting all the lines. God. Right. And like, I super respect them for trying that and yeah. I, I'm sure they must have had like also analysis. Yeah. And like, I think they also had like the one person's right at one person hasn't. Um, yeah. But I hope those guys are doing well with whatever they're doing now. Um, and I'm impressed that they attempted that undertaking. Yeah, they got really far, too. So, yeah, um, they did a really good one. There's another Homestuck, I believe it's it's not quite a summary podcast. It's more like the... It was a discussion podcast. Yeah. Analysis. I, yeah, and they, they discussed different parts of it each yeah, week, which was not, pretty nice. Not in linear order. Yeah. Um, but, like... That one was also kind of on hiatus. Talking about themes, like, throughout it. Which, of course, I couldn't listen to. Yeah. Because of spoilers. I listened to it. I, God, I don't remember the name of it. I guess we should put, we should put these in the show notes, but, um, I really... it was just called the Homestuck Podcast. I think so, yeah. And I really liked it, actually. The the host was really, like, charming. Cool. Um, and everything, so it was good info. So, we'll put those in the show notes. Um, all right, can you, can you take the last one here? I know we answered it in our blog, but can you answer it in audio, too? Um, yeah, someone actually submitted a post, um, saying... Uh, they couldn't find our episodes um, that weren't on SoundCloud. Um, so when we started the podcast, we started on SoundCloud because it's like the most obvious like audio sharing platform. Mm-hmm. And like SoundCloud is great for music because their storage space is based on um, time limit. Like you can upload a certain amount of minutes of audio for free. Um, that is not great for podcasts because we quickly got to that, I think within two episodes we got to that limit. Yeah. And so we shelled out for a few months of storage, mm-hmm. but, But um, that's still got a cap based on, um... On time. Yeah. So the way that Libsyn works is you get a storage, like a, a file size storage allowance per month, um, and then each month that resets. So you can upload a certain amount of information per month, mm-hmm. which obviously is set up for podcasts and works great for podcasts, especially since you can compress audio yeah. to make smaller uh, files. Um, so all that to say um, that I tried last week to, I, I had the idea to um, upload the latest episode to SoundCloud so that we could have a nice, neat audio post on Tumblr mm-hmm. um, for people to listen to like easily mm-hmm. because that's really convenient but the thing is that if we did that every week we'd have to delete the old episodes and then that would break the posts and in fact our first few episodes our first few posts on tumblr which are the old episodes which we deleted um are now broken because the files aren't there yeah so all that to say that all of our episodes can be found at hamsteakpodcast.libsyn that's l-i-b-s-y-n dot com yep so, yeah. Or, and you can also find us on iTunes. We're in the iTunes store. You don't have to, like, I'm not saying, like, oh, subscribe us or whatever, but, oh, like, right, yeah. you can find us there. We're in there. Yeah, that's handy. It's a convenient interface. Or on any podcaster of your choice.
Right, but then you got to figure out the feed, and that's the right. Libsyn feed. No, it just and... goes through iTunes. Any, it does? All the uh, podcast apps just like, have the iTunes directory. Really? Yeah. That's bizarre. That's it's like what... Stitcher and everything? Well, because the... Yeah. I, like they, they also have their own like okay directories. But they load they load iTunes Plus. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's super handy. Yeah. Um. Oh, there's more. Oh, that we entered that last. Mm-hmm. No, no, we didn't. Uh. Okay. So that's, um, from Gerard Reeson, Trinity Codex. Uh, wants to know on Twitter says, uh, Hey, I heard you like crows, but what do you think about octopuses and what would happen if you combined the two? Thank you for this question. That's a good one. What do you um, think of octopi? Super like, um, I mean, it's pretty, I think it's pretty obvious from my like enthusing about crows that I like intelligent animals. Yeah. Um, cr- octopi and squids are really intelligent as well. Um, they're, yeah, it's. Talk about tool use. Oh, man. Oh, God. I would love a, like, basically I'm just envisioning, like, a feathery octopus that flies but can also, like, climb trees and stuff. And, like, frankly, fucking give it to <laughs> me. Imagine, like, a helicopter octopus. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my God. It's just, like, got this bulbous body, like, spinning rapidly. And then, meanwhile, it's, like, they're, like, flailing over its head. Oh, no. It's I so mean, like, good. the... Like the the tentacles are like they're spinning around. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. Um, sorry, my pantomime was inaccurate. Not that you I guys. Mean, you noticed. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, they're they're uh, really cool animals. Sadly, um, they like they're really intelligent, but since they live a super short time, oh. like they can never like put that intelligence to good use. Really. What octopi or crows? Octopi. Ah. Like crows can like build a lifetime of like tool use and pass that on to their kids. Mm-hmm. Octopi are kind of like or whatever the plural you want it mm. to be, um, they, like, they can figure out tool use, but they're not going to pass that on to their kids because they, like, usually die in, like, fertilization or childbirth or whatever. Oh, I didn't know that. So or, they only live a couple of years? Yeah. Aww. Um, But they're, like, so smart. Like, a, there was an octopus that, like, Unscrewed the like filtration to its tank. Uh huh. Wandered out, like ate a fish from another tank, went back to its tank and screwed it back up in one night. <laughs> That's and amazing. just like kept doing it until all the other fish were gone. Yeah, yeah. There's another one that um, recently escaped down a drain pipe and into the ocean. Has right. just disappeared. <laughs> right, because they because like they can squish themselves. Like the only the only like parameter on how like far they can like squish themselves uh-huh. is, like, their, their, their beak, Because right? it's, like, the only solid, like, not solid, but, like, the only hard part. Yeah. Like, non-flexible part. So, like, their beak on, like, a big octopus might just be, like, a couple inches diameter. Uh-huh. And anything, any, like, hole that size, they can just squish through. Yeah. <laughs> it's really pretty beautiful. Yeah. That's a good-ass question. Good one. Fucking good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, um, at Dromedary says... I was having trouble not laughing at this as we were answering the last one. Now that this podcast is 100% Canadian, do you have anything you want to apologize for? <laughs> I'm not sure I even get it, but like, I'm sorry. sorry you don't get it. I, yeah, I know. The joke is the joke is that the way that people in Canada say the word sorry. 
I don't think it's the way we say sorry. It's like, I think it's the volume. You say it a lot? Yeah. I think it's our, like, that's a stereotype. That's a stereotype with a heavy basis in truth that we're, like, actually, I'm, um, a podcast that I listen to, um, The Allusionist about language, uh-huh. I was ta- it, which is a British podcast, but it was talking about um, the difference in usage of please between Britons and Americans. Okay. Um, where it's kind of like, you know, the like millennial boomer divide in like thanks or no problem. Uh-huh. It's kind of like that, um, where in America it's, it's seen as patronizing sometimes to say yeah, please, say please. To, to a waiter. Like, yeah. can I please have, like for me, it's completely natural to say, can I please have the hamburger? Yeah, you for, don't do that in America. Exactly, because it, it's seen it's seen as like patronizing, maybe to that to the waiter. Sort of, yeah. How, it's, do you, yeah. how do you feel about that? It's not exactly that it's patronizing. It's it's more. It's like it's too deferential. Sure. Like like please is please is very deferential. Like you are, you're you're really you're acknowledging that like I'm really imposing on you, or I'm I'm not in a position to ask for this at all. That's, something like that, or like I'm much lower than you on the totem pole. That's so interesting because that's exactly what the Americans were saying on this podcast episode. We're gonna link to that in the show notes as well. Yeah, it's like very very deferential. So like you might Whereas, say it. So you say it in situations where if it's. If you are if you are in the service industry, then you you have to use please. Right. But if you are a customer, you don't do. I actually have a friend who always says, "May I please have?" Like when she orders things, and it's uh-huh. the weirdest it's weird. fucking thing. And like the other thing was like in extreme circumstances, like could I please like borrow your car? Yeah. Like when you're like putting the person out. Yes, exactly. Whereas in Canada or England, you would say, "I know it's like putting you out, but could I borrow your car?" Like the please is too casual for that huh. for us. Um, this is actually about, sorry, but it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> it's kind of, like, different, differences in, like, um, it's not that, like, Americans are ruder, necessarily. I mean... We're also rude as fuck. Yeah. But, like, I mean, but it's just, like, differences in, like, microculture, basically. Yeah. Like, the culture around, uh, interactions. Yeah. Is just, like, nobody is, like feeling more hurt by their peers. Yeah. Uh, it's just... Within the group yeah. or anything. It's yeah. Just, it's just that the norms are different. Yeah. Well, so it's like, it's, um, so I spend a reasonable amount of time in this, or, well, not a reasonable amount of time on a regular basis, but like, so I lived in the South, um, last summer. And, uh, so I've always, I've always lived in the Northeast. Uh, I've lived in the, you know, the suburbs in the New York metro area. And then right now I live, uh, just outside of Boston. And culture up North that I didn't even notice is... Pretty much unless the person is, like, directly behind you, like, a step or two behind you, you don't hold the door for them because you, if you stop, you hold up traffic. And there's, you know, there's, it's like you, you kind of block traffic and interrupt the flow of things and it can kind of interrupt their flow of things too to, like, get the door from you and, like, it just kind of slows everything down. Um, and, and why would you, you know, you, you holding the door for them doesn't really actually save them any time, so, like... Why, like, would you do it? Why would you slow yourself down? Whatever. As I understand it, like, that that seems like the unspoken sort of reasoning for that, which is very Northeastern. Um, and then I went to the South, and I, I was on a university campus, too. And um, people from, like, 15 feet away, total strangers, at, like, the McDonald's, would see me coming, open the door, and step aside for me to go in after them. 
constantly. Like, almost every time there, like, was a door and a human being ahead of me, that would go down. You know, the person, like, person of any gender, any age, like, kids would do it. And, like, I had to learn to do that because it occurred, I, like, dropped a door behind me once or twice, and I, people are nice enough not to say anything about it, but I did it, I, like, heard the door close and was immediately like, oh. I, like, people around me would stare at me, and, like, it's, it's rude there, and so, I don't know. Different values. Different, not even values, it's just, like, different tradition, like, different, um, habits of culture. Yeah. Like. This is a podcast about Homestuck. (laughs) I'm sure we could hide in somehow, but we won't. Yeah. Um. Oh, you read it. Oh, we have one another one? Oh. Final question. Okay, so Alex, what do you think of each of the kids' lands? What do you think each of the kids' lands will be? Sorry. Um, I think that John's will be the land of wind and shade. I'm pretty sure about that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been named explicitly. I'm doing a goof. Okay. I'm, I think, possibly, it oh. might be that Roses uh, is the land oh. of sun and rain. Guys, man, I'm sorry that I'm, like, dumb and not funny. I'm too stupid to be funny, but but we'll try. We'll do our best. Anyway, so Alex is gonna... Alex Alex figured out two of them. That's it. I, I don't I don't have any guess. Well, I guess you have I nothing guess. to say. You can, Just, like, a hypothesize. Um, it's, it's fun that way. Uh, I think that Dave's will be the land of... Gears and... Fire? No. <laughs> It is, that's not what it's called, but that's exactly the fuck what it is. And, like, <laughs> um, Jade's will be the land of... Lava and... Ocean. Sort of. A little further off. Okay, I've only seen these these lands as, like, little, like, chalk scribbles. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing my best. True. Um, okay. Uh, well, this part's for you, so okay. I'll ask you. Um, or, I guess you can just finish. No, you can ask me. Ask me. No, you have, we have to, Ah! we have to finish. We have to maintain the mystique. Okay, um, so Lydia, without spoilers, what is your favorite land overall? So land, as opposed to, like, planet. Um, because I think, honestly, I'm most fond of, um, the post-reckoning, um, planet where we see spades. I know what planet it is. If you've reread, you know what planet it is, but I don't want to say, because it's a little bit of a spoiler. Not an important one. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's the planet where we meet uh, Spade Slick. I like that one, but that's not a land. Uh, so I guess my favorite land is definitely still... I don't know. I can't remember any of the other characters' lands. We've actually seen a ton of them by the end of the comic, and I don't remember them. I Honestly, the land of light and rain made the most impression on me, and, and I'm a huge fan of that one. So I like Lolar. I like Rose's land the most. I would love to just go there. And that's it. I didn't hear what you said. Oh, I didn't. There were no spoilers. I was, uh, <laughs> I covered my ears and then I like rubbed them really hard. So I didn't hear a word you said. Oh my God. All right. Good, good tactic, I guess. <laughs> my ears uh, hurt now. Um, I'm sorry. I didn't. It's my I'm fault. to do it. Um, thank you for listening to this, this special live episode of the Hamstake Podcast. Um, I would say it might be the only one, but we're going to be doing this for so long that it probably won't be. Yeah, we'll be at this for at least another year, I think. Just over another year. So yeah. I imagine I'll see you within the next year at some point. I hope so. Yeah. Be nice. Hopefully. So thank you for listening. It's super long. We're sorry. We hope you enjoyed. Um, so next week, I can't tell you what you're going to read next week yet because I haven't figured that out. We've run out of the ones that I set out ahead of time and uh, <laughs> we're going to have to 
start doing that. Um, so we'll probably um, post that like as a separate post, like after the episode goes up, or just put it in the show notes. I mean, yeah, I'm just gonna you'll see it in the show notes. I'm just not gonna say it right now because I don't know. Okay, and we don't want to edit this, so. Uh, what else? Um, so if you want to follow us, you can find us on Tumblr. We are hamsteakpodcast.tumblr.com. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at hamsteakpodcast. Uh, our podcast is hosted on Libsyn, hamsteakpodcast.libsyn.com, and we are in the iTunes store. Um, you can send us an ask on Tumblr. We have an on turned on. You can send us an ask on Twitter via at or DM. Uh, if you have spoilers, please send them directly to me. I am brickchip on Twitter and on Tumblr. So send me, if you have spoilery things, DM them or send them as Tumblr asks to me specifically. And I'm Alex. That's Alex. He's, uh, Leaf Crunch. What? Damn it! Do you want me to read your thing or not? What are did you, how long has the audio been turned off? Uh, I'm Leaf Crunch on Twitter and Crunch Leaf on Tumblr. Uh, I mix those up, but you can figure it out. Bye. <laughs>